Welcome back to this week's episode of Money O2. And in this episode, we are joined by Sam Villa. Sam is extremely well-known in the beauty industry with almost 800,000 followers on Instagram and almost 900,000 on YouTube, last I checked. And he's really recognized as being an outstanding educator, presenter, teacher, artist, creative professional, and then of course, business owner of samvia.com, which offers tremendous and high quality tools for beauty and wellness professionals, as well as education. And Sam is really well known in the industry for his technical ability. That's really what he's recognized and his high quality skills as an educator. And also Sam is just really incredibly kind too. I think that's one of, one of the things I'm really struck by, by Sam. In this episode, Sam shares a little bit of a different side of us, and we hear um, a different perspective really as it relates to his financial journey. And he shares how he watched his father, who was also a business owner in the beauty and wellness sector, and how he really watched him and also watched him struggle a bit and resisted entering this industry, but ultimately uh, found his way back and really recognizes how he went from working in the fields to entering the industry as a service provider. And he also talks about how he learned the hard way with money, realizing once he started making money that he was spending money that he didn't have trying to impress people and ultimately ended up with over $60,000 in debt um, as a young man. And it was a lot of money. And so he reflects his journey on the importance of discipline, greater self-worth and financial education to get your financial life in order no matter what stage you're at in life. And so I really encourage you to listen to this episode. It's short and sweet. If you're not in the beauty and wellness sector, you still will benefit from listening to this episode because there's a lot of different things you might be able to relate to. So I hope you enjoy this episode, hearing a different side of Sam Via. And thanks so much for listening. And I realized, wow, I have no money in the bank. I will never forget, I walked out the bank and I took a deep breath and I said, what have I done. So I was, you know, living a life that was a lie, you know, thinking I had it together, but I didn't. How can I stand in front of people and tell them what they should be doing to make them earn money if I'm $60,000 in debt? I'm just going to dive right in today and hear from Sam directly. And I'm so excited to be able to bring him to talk about money because so much of what you're known for, Sam, is your expertise on the technical side of education. So let's just start and give us a little background of who you are. Thanks so much, Aaron. And first of all, it's a pleasure, my friends, to be here with you today. And, uh, you know, I hair was something that I never thought, Aaron, that I would get into. I was really an athlete. I was into sports. I grew up in a barbershop. And it was something I really did not like at all. I mean, I was there to shine shoes, sweep the hair. Sometimes I couldn't get to the hair. My dad was standing ankle deep in hair. I always thought, wow, I, that, I'm not going to do that. And eventually, you know, I went on to college playing volleyball. I came back one weekend, had dinner with my parents, sat down and said, hey, I want to go to beauty school. My mom's jaw dropped. <laughs> my dad was like clapping underneath the table. And uh, off I went. And it was uh, something that I thought, at one point, I thought, Aaron, did I make the right decision? And the reason I say that is because I'll never forget the day when my teacher came up to me and she said, hey, Sam, you know that your client underneath the dryer, the rollers are falling out. You need to go excuse yourself, put the rollers back in, close the dryer hood, apologize. And as I walked away to go do that, she said, oh, Sam, and by the way, you might want to think about doing something else. 
And here I am sitting before you or with you today and where I'm at. And a lot of it is a, a big journey and a learning curve. And a lot of it involved money management. Mm. I want to, before we dive into the money management, one of the things I want to talk about and that we talk about quite a bit in this, in this podcast is really the commonality and the theme between money and oxygen. So mm. tell me just, I want to throw something out there. What does uh, money and oxygen have in common to you? I, there's one word, survival. When I think of that, I think, you know, you need the money side in order for you to survive. You need the oxygen in order to breathe. You know, I think when I think of money, the three words that come to, or excuse me, oxygen is breathe, fresh, clean, you know, and then that's all about survival. And then when I think about money, obviously I I think about work. I think about uh, finance and I think about savings. That was one thing I was not good at. I was not good at saving my money and, you know, just stories along my journey that I learned. It was something that I had to focus on in order to continue to be successful. So let's kind of take a step back and talk, you know, you were working in your dad's barbershop. You did not want to do it. And what I want to ask is, you know, and this is maybe a very direct question. Did you watch your father struggle? Yes, I watched him struggle. I mean, but my dad, uh, he never was one to, to show it, but he did struggle. You know, there were times when I would I would just wonder, you know, I mean, when I was in school, I grew up at, during high school, I worked in the fields. I picked uh, strawberries and uh, the money went to the family. Of course, I had a little bit of an allowance, but that was one thing. My, do- my father definitely struggled and he taught us a lot in regards to that. I remember when I said I wanted to be a platform artist, to be a teacher and be out there. He said, OK, son, if you're going to do that, you need to control your ego. You know, ego's valuable, but how you manage it is also valuable. Number two, you need to stay humble. And number three, prove to me you can make money doing that. Because in those days, back when I started, maybe, you know, a long time ago, it was like, that was all about ego, being a platform artist and doing these shows. But he said, prove to me you can make some money. So here I am today. I feel very comfortable in my life and what I've been able to achieve and financially achieve. But it was a a rough journey along the way. Tell me a little bit about some of the stories that you had about money. Oftentimes it's multiple moments for people, right? But sometimes I have people that can really think of kind of a defining moment where they're like, ooh, I really need to get the money in check. Because what I'm guessing may have happened, and you can expand on this, is you had to prove to your father you could make money, but it's one thing to make money, right? And it's another thing to keep it, grow it, expand on it. So is there anything that sticks in mind as like a big moment or challenge that you had with money that you were really able to overcome? Oh, yes. I'll never forget one day. I mean, I lived in New York City. Um, I was doing well with Redkin, but I was Aaron, one that would live from paycheck to paycheck. And this is when I started way back and moved to New York 23 years ago. Um, I was really went to the bank. I went to cash my check and I realized, wow. I have no money in the bank. And I was realized I was living paycheck to paycheck. And I probably was in debt, probably about, I don't know, maybe $60,000 in credit cards. I, it was something where I will never forget. I walked out the bank and I took a deep breath and I said, what have I done? What have, you know, and I'm talking probably at that time, I would say I was probably early thirties. Listen to me, my friends, no money in the bank. And 
in big debt. And that's when I sat down with a friend that basically, you know, was a big mentor for me that said, listen, this is what you need to do. This is how you're going to do it. And this is why you need to do it. So at that point, my life changed and I realized the value of money. See, for me, Aaron, and for the students, I want you to get this, for those who are out there in the community listening to this, is, you know, money's great. But if you do things for purpose and for the right reason, money will come. So my dad told me one thing, Aaron. He said, listen, Sam, if you can help people get what they want, then you will get what you want. But you need to focus on purpose. Why do you want to be a teacher? Why do you want to be a platform artist? Is it because you want to be somebody big? Or is it because you want to help people? You want to, you want to be focused on them, focused on the learner. So, you know, I think, you know, with purpose, money will come. But I think, you know, how you manage that money was the big turning point in my life. And now here I sit in front of you. I'm financially stable, beautiful family, beautiful home. But it was a huge learning lesson, Aaron, and I need the students to get that. Life right now as you're young is great, but I remember my dad saying, you need to save your money. I never did. I want to step back to you with that moment because that is, a that is you know, it's so funny that you can still remember that. New York City, $60,000 when you were 30. That's a lot of money. A lot of times we see so many professionals in this industry, whether they're a business owner, whether they're a young professional that really feel like they can't even address the situation because it's it's too big to get out of, right? 60,000 in credit card debt is a very big hole to get out of, right? Not only yes. living paycheck to paycheck, not to mention New York City, right? So tell me, why do you think you were taking on that debt? Was there a specific reason that you can remember? Yes, I was trying to be everybody's friend. I was one of those guys, oh, Sam will pay for it. Ah. Sam, you know, I get them, I'll take care of it. And that's just the way I was. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, it wasn't I was trying to buy friendship. It was just that I just was, that's just how I was. I was, you know, thought I was a nice guy, but I was actually hurting myself. In the long run, that's what happened. And I finally woke up and realized that, you know, people are going to like me for the reason of going back to that purpose reason of helping people. And if they, you know, I have to be comfortable here. Uh, in order to help people. So I was, you know, living a life that was a lie, you know, thinking I had it together, but I didn't. And it was the finance that I didn't have together. Sometimes what I also think happens, particularly in this industry, is once you reach a certain level of success, and whether it's ego or whether it's just proving, hey, I made the right decision, I, I can I can afford these things, I can do these things with my money. Was there any element of that where it was, you may have wanted to prove around the pe the people around you that you were able to live a certain type of life. Also, kind of the proving, not just being a nice guy. Oh yes, there was that. That was definitely a side of it. It was like you know how it is. It's like it's the outside and things that you surround yourself with. You know, is it mm -hmm. those tangible things that have value to you, or is it the fact that you're trying to buy friendships? You know, and it was for me. It was a, it was a piece of both. You know, it really was, Aaron, and I had to. You know, at that point in my life, if you will, I had to grow up in a lot of ways and stop thinking about I had to do it this way or I had to be this type of person. And um, it was not easy. It was not easy getting out of that debt, but I worked hard to get out of that debt. And I'll never forget the day I did. I'll never forget that day. I, did I celebrate? You bet I did. I went out, said, I've earned this dinner. I can afford to have this dinner mm. and I'm going to 
I'm going to uh, enjoy it. So I, I think, you know, being a hairdresser, what I don't appreciate is how people go, well, you're not going to make a lot of money doing that. I'll give you a story, Aaron. My doctor, my parents taught me, you respect the doctor, the medical society. I had been going to this doctor for since my youth. And then I got my business. I still went to this doctor. Uh, I'll never forget one day I showed up and, you know, you show up on time, doctor. I sit there for an hour. Finally, they call me in, back room, go ahead and strip down. And you wait another half hour, shivering to death. Finally, my doctor walks in and I'm, he's like, Sam, how are you? And I'm like, Dr. Tom, I'm not feeling good. He goes, well, are, how, are you, how are you feeling? I go, I'm not feeling good because I need to tell you how I really feel. He goes, well, tell me how you really feel. I said, I'm tired of waiting for you. And he just pulled back. He's like, whoa. Now, you got to remember, I grew up with this guy basically, you know, when I was a kid. But yes, he was older. But I said, look, I service people just like you. You're in the service industry. You service people. Yours is medical. Mine is I'm a hairdresser. He goes, yes, oh, you're very popular here in the city. I go, you know what? I, I, an hour I've been waiting for you. I probably I could have made three hundred dollars. I said, all I'm asking is that your front desk give me a call and just let me know you're, that you're running an hour and a half behind, an hour behind, and I'll fill that in with my, my um, uh, rescheduling list. And he said, well, Sam, in the medical society, we don't do that. And I go, yes, that's the issue. You, because you think you're here and I'm down here, you treat me differently. I said, everybody that walks and sits in my chair, I treat them the same. Doesn't matter how much money they have. So that's all I'm asking. So why don't you go ahead and poke me? You're going to poke me for 15 minutes. Tell me I'm fine and ask me to reschedule in six months and I'll do what you tell me to do. He goes, well, I'm sorry you feel that way and blah, blah, blah. So we went on and um, I left. I, the next six months I came back, Aaron, I received a phone call. And he's the reception, the front desk said, Dr. Tom is running 90 minutes behind. We wanted to let you know, Sam, boom, I went in. I sat there thinking I'm going to sit here for an hour. Boom, went back to the back. I'm going to sit there for half an hour and shiver. Boom, he walks in. I'm like, Dr. Tom, he puts his hand in my face and he goes, shut up. And I'm like, Dr. Tom, he goes, no. He goes, let me speak. He goes, I just want to say something to you for having the guts to tell me what you said last time. He goes, I, I know that took a lot of courage and a lot of guts. He goes, but I want to thank you because now we are doing that, but it's created issues, Sam. I go, well, what's the issue? He goes, everybody, the doctors here in their practice are complaining because I'm stealing all of their patients. Huh. And I go, well, isn't it interesting? It's not about the medical records. It's about time in a human being's life. I said, thank you for respecting that. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, here's the deal. Well, oh, yeah, I want to go back to something I said. that for, I said, you know, uh, Dr. Tom, I just appreciate a phone call. And I'll, I took my hand out, Aaron, and I shook his hand and said, I bet you I make more money than you. <laughs> and he's like, what? He goes, oh, Sam, please. And I go, no, I bet you I make more. He goes, oh, please. So when he scheduled that golf, he goes, show up. We made, I made a tee time for us at Pebble Beach on this date. It's 30 days away. We're going to play Pebble Beach. You show up on the first tee at this time and bring your W-2. Bring your W-2. So I show up on the tee box. He says, okay, pull it out. I pull it out, Aaron. He pulls his out. I look at his. He looks at mine. He goes, you know what he said? He said, oh, my God. You're just a hairdresser. That's what got me. I said, that, Dr. Tom, is the issue. You think I'm just a hairdresser, but isn't it interesting, you know, that I service people, maybe what might be as high value as what you think, but 
I make as much money as you do, even more. And that's what bothered me. It was really that point of because people think that they're this or that, they don't, you know, the respect of a hairdresser. Students, you need to get this. It's all about how you manage your growth. How you manage your growth, your skill set growth, and how you manage your money will build your success. That's so fascinating that you also use the physician example. We talk about that quite a bit when we compare the craft of beauty to other first choice careers, right? Commonly yes. doctors and lawyers. lawyers. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we look at an analysis of earnings and ROI compared to what it takes to get the education before you actually produce a viable income, right? And it's fascinating because we find in many cases, there's that same experience, right? With higher earners for a hairdresser and obviously a quicker path to high earnings, right? right. My fiance is in medicine and he's in his 13th year of training, right? <laughs> you know, with, yep. he's got a ways to go. And so I think what's important for students and I think what's really important for individuals listening to this that I think they can actually learn from your experience is instead of making that, because there is a perception related issue, right? There's no yes, secret. It Mm -hmm. And it's on us to change that perception, but also not, not let it leave you with a chip on your shoulder and trying to prove something, right? You can prove it quietly and without ego. One of yes. Nicole Cumberlander, she always says, wealth is what you don't see. And someone else mm -hmm. said that too. And, and I, I, am, I fully subscribe to that. Wealth is oftentimes what you don't see. And there's a way to establish yourself quietly and- yes. uh, not trying to push it on anyone. So I just thought that that was really interesting. You used that example. I love that. You know, Aaron, I'm a firm believer, believer that people buy people, then they buy things. So in this industry as a hairdresser, you got to sell yourself and you got to make that connection. You know, the, I, I was talking about this earlier, how the good Lord gave us two of these and one of these. As a hairdresser, we need to use these more, our ears more than we use our voice. Yet when we use our voice, we use it with intent and purpose. I mean, communication skills build wealth. Communication skills build wealth, especially in our industry. And in a lawyer's industry, the lawyer that has the best gab, the best gift of gab is the one that's going to win. <laughs> it's amazing. But I think that people just have to understand the skill set and the art side is important. Oh, I'm an artist, you know, and oh, you know, I, you got to understand the youth, the students, how important it is. Yes, the skill set is important. But understanding that business side, that money side is even more valuable in terms of going to that success side. I want to go back to and, you know, look at that moment when you changed kind of your money reality and your philosophy on money. What was your story around money prior to that? If you can kind of think back to the days, you know, when you're working in the barbershop or when you, you know, when you entered your career, what was kind of the overlaying story and thoughts you told yourself about money? I will, because we didn't have a lot of money when I, when I grew up and then working in the fields, you know, there were a lot of my friends that had a lot of things that I didn't have, you know, and when I looked around them and the way that they lived, money was something where in my youth, my father talked a lot about it in terms of respecting it and understanding it and this and that, but I never listened. You know, that old story, how your parents can tell you something and it goes in one ear and out the other ear. So as a youth, I grew up, you know, I got an allowance. I didn't get to keep all of what I made. I got an allowance. And that allowance, you know, my mother always said, if you're going to buy anything, buy food. Always, you know, always put something in your stomach. And whereas I, I was, you know, buying things that, you know, that I felt I needed at the time. 
whether it be uh, uh, a bicycle or whatever at that time, at that age. That's what I felt I needed at the time. But I think over the years, as we grow, like anything, you can hear this and you can hear this and you can hear this until you experience it. When you get down like that day, I walked down the bank. And it just hit me smack dab in the face. What have you done? What are you going to do now? Oh, I think one of the things is there's so many, you know, the, the nail tech industry, you know, one of the things that they're doing right now is the classes they're really screaming for right now are business classes. They really need those, that support on the business side, on the financial side, managing that financial side. Whereas in the old days, it was always about, in the hairdressing industry, it was always about shows and the education. Now, as we grew, there was business classes and business and business and business because it has a valuable part in success just as the skill set side does. I want to ask you something because what you're saying is, you know, and I think so many people struggle this, struggle with this. When the student is ready, right, the teacher will appear, that old saying. How do we get people? Unfortunately, I had a similar moment to you, right? My dad was a finance guy. I grew up being educated on money, but yet I had to take my own, you know, my own learning experience. Unfortunately, when the pain was like, oh, I got to change, right? You had the same thing. But plenty of people don't have to have those moments, right? Plenty of people don't let themselves have, have those moments. So how my direct question is, is do you believe somebody can create change without that moment? Wow, that is a great question. Yes, I'm going to say yes. Here's why. Because they could be so close to somebody and experience what that person is going through. Let's say that person, I, I, I'm going through that and my best friend is right there beside me. They're not going through it, not yet maybe, but they feel it and see what I've gone through. So maybe I can impact them Mm -hmm. so they don't experience what I've experienced. So I would say yes to that question. Um, But I think, you know, once again, it's, it's gotta be, are you in the moment? You know, are you in that moment or are you going through that? Is that something that's an issue? I really believe when people have issues, that's when they pay attention. Right. And there's so many teachers around, right? There's this type of education. There's free resources everywhere you can go to get this type of education. But at some point, there needs to be the willingness to learn. And I mean, you're an educator, right? I mean, you probably see that every single day in the classroom. Yes. I mean, you listen, as a teacher, I must never cease to learn. As a hairdresser, you must never cease to learn. There's always something to learn. It bothers me when people say, well, I already know that. Okay, okay. Do you, can't, do you do it this way? No, I do it another way. But then I encourage them, listen, if I can cut a one-length bob three different ways, I'm going to find three different ways to do it. Why? So I don't get bored. I don't become mechanical. An example of that reason would be if I have a guest sitting in my chair and they continually three times have said, I don't want it any shorter than here. I don't. And that's telling me that somebody didn't listen to them. So where am I going to start that haircut? Boom. I'm going to nail that length right away, right here. Now I'm going to make them feel comfortable. That, that, that stylist, Sam, he listened to me. Instead of me starting back here and then coming back around saying, ooh, I need to cut it shorter, things like that. So once again, it goes back to that communication builds wealth. Listening skills build your wealth as a hairdresser. Another thing I want to ask you that I think 
is a really relevant transition that many people make in their life. You went from service provider to business owner, right? Yes. And entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Tell me mm -hmm. about that transition and what that required of you and your mindset around money as well. Aaron, it's, you know what? I, I had to open myself up to that side of, of the business side and understanding the finance side. I'm also a believer though, Aaron, if, if like if I go into a photo shoot, I believe I create this mood board. This mood board is my is what I what I see as an end result of the shoot. But yet I share that mood board with people. Why? Because I believe three brains are better than one. Two pairs of eyes are better than one. It's all about that whole team concept, that feedback, that whole brain dump type of thing. And I think that is also what takes place in terms of you know. Uh, you know, one of the most things I want the students to get is this whole consultation thing. You know, it's it's so valuable because that sets up your success. That sets up your knowledge. It goes to the comment, comment I made earlier. Communication builds wealth. Fascinating. Now, do you surround yourself, too, with people? Because finance, that's not where you spend the bulk of your day to day, right? No, no. You focus on your craft and teaching and educating but you have aligned yourself with people that have major skills in finance. Is that right? That's correct. And that goes with that concept I'm just talking about. I have people that are good at what they do. I do what I'm good at and I have other people do what they're, they're good at. And that's that finance side, that management side of the business itself. Now, have I learned in it? I think as a founder of the brand, I got to get, I got to have to immerse myself in it. I have to learn it. I have to know what's happening. So it's been a big learning curve for me once I opened up this company, this whole brand on tools. Let's go back and kind of close out with when you had that moment. Number one, you sought somebody who had experience and someone who was trusted, right? You sought counsel to help you get mm -hmm. out of your finance, financial hole, shall we say, right? Right. And you were vulnerable enough to share that with someone who also was a friend, right? So that kind of can also you know, bring a little bit of vulnerability and, and transparency needed to be able to share that kind of financial reality. But what actions did you do to get out of that $60,000 hole? Wow. It was called uh, discipline. I mean, <laughs> it was all about discipline in every way. You know, one of the things I had to do was shift my mindset. You know, I started to take care of myself. I started to really shift my mindset in terms of, I think, you know, exercising. Uh, doing my things. I started to meditate. I started doing yoga, um, taking care of myself. And that shifted my mindset. It really helped me to really stay on that path of, I need to get out of debt. I need mm. to take care of myself. If I can't take care of myself, how can I stand in front of people and tell them what they should be doing to make them earn money if I'm $60,000 in debt? It doesn't work. It does not work. Then you're standing in front of people and it's an act. And that's not something that I want to do. You know, it's, it's all about if, if um, I mean, I got to believe in myself and that's where it begins. So it begins in here and how I'm feeling and then it comes out. And it's the willingness and the discipline that helped me to succeed in getting out of $60,000 in debt. It's so interesting because you said discipline, but what, I, what I also heard was a self-worth and yes. recognizing that you are worth financial success and you started taking care of your body and your mind and your spirit. And that was critical in helping you to, to get out of that financial situation. How fascinating. Yes. You know, Aaron, if I'm going to stand in front of people, I need to show up in shape. Okay. 
spiritually, mentally, and financially in shape. Or else it's just a facade. It's, you know, so that's where I really shifted and really realized, you know, if I choose to do this and take it seriously, then I need to take myself seriously. Tell me what changed about your life when you changed your relationship to money. Oh, wow. The person, me, you know, that's what I, I really realized that I was a different person, how I interacted with people, how I felt comfortable with myself, how I felt like I didn't need to do the things that I was doing. I believed in myself and uh, I was um, surrounding myself by the right people. I mean, and that, that's what something that kind of woke me up was I need to shift in this group and move over here and surround myself with the right people and attract the right people. Now, if you were, if you were to give the audience, right. And again, keep in mind, we've got students, we've got leaders, we've got existing professionals, one general piece of actionable insight to change their money story, right? They might not be in $60,000 of debt, but they might be somewhere along that line. They might be worse. What is one actionable insight you can leave the group with to change their money story? I want them to focus on how they can versus why they can't. Because when it comes to money, the first thing that goes in there is, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, so focus on how you can versus why you can't. I really believe that if you stay like that, I mean, it's the, the money's going to come, you know, money is important and valuable. And I said, it's a matter of survival, but I've learned Aaron that I don't put that first, you know, I, I, Put the other things that I think that are going to be valuable that are going to attract the money. And that's, the, you know, the way I communicate, the way I show up, how I take care of myself. You put all of that together, then I think you're in a good place. Amazing. Sam, where can people find you? They can find me at samvia.com. Highly recommend you check out all of our social platforms. If you're not students, if you're not subscribing, salon owners, you're not subscribing our YouTube channel, please. I highly recommend that. Uh, we also have, uh, we are involved with schools. We have school kits for schools. So any of those schools out there that are interested, but please check out the education on the YouTube channel. Follow us on IG, Sam Via Hair. Amazing. And I was just diving into your YouTube, YouTube channel. There's so many resources on there. It is amazing. So many resources. And I know your education is just fantastic. So Sam, thank you so much for joining Money02. And we'll see you next time.